Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and I'm joined by Scott McDermott to look back over Rangers' 1-0 Europa League win against Feyenoord. Scott, it was a night of emotion, it was a night of high drama, and it was a night certainly in the first half where I would suggest we saw perhaps the best 45 minutes of football under Steven Gerrard. Is that a fair comment? Possibly, yep. Uh, I mean, it was certainly a night of high intensity as well, which I think think is the... Is the reason why Rangers played so well and and won the game? That forty five minutes was sensational in terms of you no know, creating chances, getting in Feyenoord's face, um, no giving them a minute to play. I thought Feyenoord looked kind of spooked by it all. To be honest, after the first five minutes, uh, they were really timid. But Rangers just you no know, were all over them. Um, and there was a real end product in terms of chances. And if Rangers had gone in at half time. No four 0 up. I don't think Feyenoord would had many many complaints. Uh, as I say, they, they for the first five minutes they looked decent, created one or two wee openings. But when Rangers get a grip of the game, uh, no, they really took the game to Feyenoord. And even after the penalty miss, that that actually seemed to galvanise Rangers and make make them play even better. Let's break it down by chances because there was five very good chances by my estimation. Yep. Um, there was also a few headers that probably in another game would go down as yep. good chances. But but let's stick to the, the the ones that I've selected here. Let's go for the first one, the penalty. It was a clear penalty. The handball was not in doubt. I know you were at the game, yep. whereas I had the benefit of replays because I was watching it at home. Um, but it was a clear penalty. Now Tavernier steps up. For me, he didn't look very confident when, she, when he started nope. that, that run-up. And also, the run-up was remarkably short. Um, he puts it wide of the keeper, clips off the post. It's a second penalty miss in the Europa League. It's his third recent penalty miss. Do you think it's time that Steven Gerrard thinks about making a change there? I do. Um, I agree with you. I, thought, I, I didn't think he looked as confident as he normally does <clears throat> last night. I mean, it's normally a fairly short run-up for, for Tavernier, that's that's his style, but I don't know, I just had a feeling, um, obviously he missed against Progress Niederkorn, which at the time was a really important penalty, could have cost Rangers, and last night um, was the same, listen, I know players are going to miss penalties, and you know, last season he had, a <clears throat> he had a great record, but I think when you miss two in the trot, Johnny, you need to kind of hold your hands up and say, listen, let somebody else have a have a go at it because no, irrespective of what James Tavernier might say publicly, no, that's got to affect your your confidence. And I don't care what MD says, be the most confident player in the world. If you've missed two big high pressure penalties, when you get the next one, it's going to go through your mind. There's going to be doubts about where you're going to put it. No, there's going to be doubts about your technique. I think it would do him and Rangers good for him just to say, listen, you know what, I'm going to take a step back for it. Somebody else can, can go and take That's not to say he'll never have another penalty for, for Rangers again. And I think 
when you when you look at penalty takers and you think of the technique involved, Tavernier's one of the best that Rangers could have. Um, no, for that for that job, but I think as I say, when you miss two, it's time for somebody else. I, I would let Morelos start hitting them now. Um, I'm actually not convinced that Morelos will be a great penalty taker because I think at times he actually lacks a wee bit of composure in open play. He's never really the cleanest striker of a ball either, even a lot of his goals, I think, he doesn't connect. Unless he's on an angle. Very cleanly, <laughs> aye. Um, so I'm not sure, but he's a, he's a striker, he's a centre-forward, mm. he's absolutely flying as he was last night. And listen, if Morelos is hitting 30 goals from open play... And you need to assume Rangers are going to get between five and ten penalties this season. I mean, that could take Morelos up to your 35, 40 goals a season, which is obviously going to bump his value up as well from Rangers' point of view. I would uh, I would pass it over to Morelos now. Listen, I might be going out on a limb here, but is there a sense that James Tavernier perhaps hasn't started this season with the same high standards that we've seen from him in the past? I look at the way he's playing and he seems like he's slightly inhibited. And given that he had that great relationship with Daniel Candias, where Candias would drop in from, and now Candias is gone, um, he's had a lot of partners up there. Sometimes it's Arfield, sometimes it's yep. Benojo, sometimes in the future it's going to be Kent now that he's come yep. in. I think Jordan Jones can play there as well. Does he have that sense of um, insurance that whoever he's playing with is going to drop in and cover him and allow him to bomb on like that. Do you think that's what's maybe inhibiting him? Maybe, but it's interesting you should say that because when you speak to Stephen Gerrard about about that, he talks about Tavernier having Ryan Jack as his protection. Well, Jack plays in that midfield three, obviously kind of one ahead of Davis, but on the right-hand side. And I think it was the case last night when Tavernier did go forward, it was Jack that, that falls in. And we know Jack's got that kind of defensive-minded... No, he was a sitting midfielder at Aberdeen for, for long enough. Um, so he does sit in for him. Um, he might... No, it might be a bit more inhibited this season, but it's interesting again because... Last season, I think I'm right in saying people were still critical with Tavernier defensively. He'd made a couple of errors. I think he made the error at Motherwell when he lost his man at the corner and stuff like that. I know that's for a, for a set piece, but maybe he is a bit more inhibited, but the, the upshot of that is he's more solid defensively. Yeah, because you know he has I mean? looked really solid he, defensively. His defensive game's improved, so it's maybe just a wee bit more of a, a balancing a balancing. Listen, I think he's in the main, he's still played really well for Rangers at the start of the season. But the penalty misses have obviously been a wee bit of a blot and he's he's copybook and I say I think it would probably help him just to take that take that burden off him. Yeah, that's that's possibly a way that um Gerard's moulded the team to ensure that he is um allowing his wingers to get a little bit more time and space in terms of attacking. Yeah. Um because we saw Stephen Davis was dropping in very effectively to cover Borna Barisic. Yeah. And perhaps that was also part of the reason that Barisic had such a such an opportunity to have such a splendid game. Yep. But we'll go on to that in a minute. So we've just we've touched on the penalty. We, I was going to ask about Scott Arfield hitting the bar. That was another great opportunity. Yep. Um, brilliant strike, but unfortunately it bounced back for Rangers. Then you've got the goal. Again, Barisic wins a 50-50. I don't think there would have been many people in the stadium that were looking at that ball as it, as it broke loose and thinking... Borna's got this, no. don't worry, Borna's got this, but yep. he went in really strong, really hard, 
wins the ball and crucially wins it in front of him. Yeah. So he has the opportunity to play in Ojo and, and then an incredible strike. Yeah, and listen, it's, in terms of Barisic, it's that kind of tenacity that got him the move to Rangers in the, in the first place. I mean, that Ossijek game where he's got headband on and that. I mean, people thought, this guy's a warrior. He's going to run through brick walls and that. And I think that's, as well as not actually playing well, I think he's just looked a bit, soft and a bit timid uh, so far in his Rangers career which which wasn't what fans were, were expecting and that's why I was pleased for him last night that he did play a part in the goal but as you say crucially he wins a tackle no a vital tackle an important area of the pitch and then he comes up with a cross that, that, that breaks the Ojo and they get the they get the goal um, in terms of the strike brilliant from Ojo um, I think I think Ojo's taken a bit of flack since he's come in. Um, some of it justified, uh, but I don't know. I've just got a feeling about Ojo that he's going to be a guy that comes up with big moments like that. Uh, he's got the quality, he's no doubt. I also think he's he, at times he's got this style where at times he looks like he's not that interested. Um, he didn't play particularly well uh, in the games where... No, he's not a guy that's going to get in win tackles. Not we're talking about Barisic winning a fifty-fifty. Ojo's not interested in getting for challenges or winning headers and all that. It's just no his game. Yeah. But if he's got a bit of space to run into, he's so good uh, with both feet. And that's thing that's really impressive about him. I think he's he's lightning quick and he's good with both feet. And I think he's going to come up with with big goals and big assists for Rangers this season. And Gerard touched on that after the game last night, saying. Ojo's never going to be perfect, he's just not that type of player, he's going to have ups and downs, but no, my word, when he, when he turns it on or when he comes up with a moment like that, it's, it's uh, magnificent. Well, he's added that thing that we asked Rangers to go out and sort out in the summer, which is a player who can strike from distance. Yeah. He's taken a number of shots across the games that I've seen him play. He's he's not shy on having a, a rapid goal. Yeah. And this was, what, 25 yards out? And he wasn't favourite to put it in the top corner. No, it was interesting that he got the goal from, uh, from the left-hand side because watching the game, and I've thought this for a wee while now, no, Arfield and Ojo playing wide... Right, and Arfield came into the team last season, eh, or moved position the team last season to play this kind of inverted winger role that he now takes up a lot. But it was always on the left-hand side, yeah. and it really suited him coming in off the left because he's predominantly right-footed. The best work I've seen for Ojo has been on the right flank, cutting in and having shots with his, with his left foot. And when we spoke to Ojo in the pre-season, he saw himself as a, as a right winger. But a lot of the time now, and certainly for most of the game last night, it was Arfield on the right and Ojo on the left. And I, watching the game, I actually didn't think it suited either of them. But Ojo gets his goal for the right-hand side. And I say that goes back to his two-footedness. No, he came up with that kind of strike with his right, right foot, which is no meant to be strongest, shows the, shows the technique and the, the ability he's got. Well, that wasn't the only moment that he had because not long after that, he came very, very close to making yep. making it to an incredible shuffle in the box when it and and it seemed to sort of slow down. It was one of those moments where he was he, he stopped the ball and moved in such a way that he he left defenders flailing, but he had the narrowest of margins to put that ball yep. into the net, and he just missed it th- agonising I, th- I thought his composure was brilliant Johnny yeah. I know he missed the chance and he should have scored Stephen Gerrard would be annoyed that he didn't uh, didn't tuck it away but 
his composure in the box was brilliant. I mean, he sold the two defenders, a dummy, you know, the two of them have dived in. He's created that space for himself, created a bit of time, you know, real calmness in the box, which I think Rangers lack at times, if I'm being honest. Well, we've seen that, we saw that in this game. Fi- well, with our finishing, so... <laughs> I thought that bit was brilliant. Of course, he should have stuck it away, but he was a wee bit, a wee bit unlucky. I mean, could he have went to the other side mm. of the goal? That'd have probably been a better option. He didn't have a lot of backlift no. because he didn't have a real chance at a swing at the, the ball. Yep. So he, he kind of had to place it. He couldn't blast it, and I know exactly why he went for that corner. But the way that they dived across the ball yep. meant that he had the narrowest of, of, of right. spaces to aim for. Um, but it was a, it was a great moment of skill yep. and. Um, on top of that, so we've gone through four chances Rangers could have scored. Um, they also had a, a penalty claim that, for me, was an absolute stonewaller. Yep. Morelos is allowed to get away two strikes. The keeper saves them both times. The ball comes back to Morelos, and, and he, he, I, all night he kept a hold of the ball brilliantly. He keeps a hold of the ball brilliantly again in the box, and a defender comes in and catches him with a, with a trailing leg. It should have been a penalty. That, should have been. And that would have been even, a big moment. Even for a distance, I mean, we were sitting in the, the gantry pretty much at the other end of the ground and it looked like a it looked like a stonewall penalty so I was really surprised that it wasn't it wasn't given but you're right I mean that was an R2 chances shots and target for Morelos the keepers made some good saves and then it should have been a penalty maybe it's it's the old cliche maybe it's in the referee's mind I've gave them a penalty no, 20 minutes earlier I'm not going to give them another one straight away if there was any any doubt in his mind but it, was, it was one of those Scott though why is he not booked Manelos for diving because yeah. it has to be one or the other I know. he goes down theatrically but you see that so often though, yeah. don't you? I mean they just they don't give the don't give the foul and then, and then don't book the don't book the guy for going down yeah I suppose um, you don't it doesn't have to be one or the other you can fall over and it not be a penalty yeah. but it was the way Manelos fell over it was quite clear that he was claiming for a penalty yeah. um, but at half time you're looking at it and it's, it's an old cliche, but you're thinking to yourself, Rangers have been so good here. Feyenoord have been so poor. It's very difficult to imagine they can be as poor. And yeah. the other thing was the amount of effort that Rangers have put into that press. The amount of yeah. times they won the ball in Feyenoord's half was so significant that you felt, how, how many more minutes of this can they put? Maybe yeah. 20, 25? And, and, and so, so it proved. That's what happened. I mean... Listen, that, that's the frustration for Gerard. It feels, must feel like deja vu for him though because it seems like so many nights, so many games, you've been into the press conference asking Gerard about you know, that lack of ruthlessness in front of goal, putting you know, putting teams away, putting games to bed. I mean, that was another classic example last night. As I say, Rangers should have went in three or four to the good. Um, no, the game's... The game's gone for Feyenoord. Rangers can make a couple of changes. That's the way it should have gone. But you're right. At halftime, you're thinking Feyenoord can't play that badly. They've got guys at like Narsing still to come on who made a who made a difference. You knew Stam, no, would get something out of them at, at halftime. And you're right. Rangers' energy levels and no intensity difficult to keep that up for for ninety minutes. That's why you need to score two or three when you're when you're so on top like that. Uh, so that will be the the regret for Rangers' point of view. But even then, I mean, listen, Alan McGregor's made a couple of decent, a couple of good saves. No, probably saves that you would expect him to make, right enough. But a couple of decent saves. And I don't think Rangers ever looked in any real danger of losing a goal. But at one 0 no, that would have been the worry for Gerard. I mean, if they come away for that game last night, given how they dominated for forty five minutes, no, dominated a good top Dutch team. If they come away for that. 
like we are one each, then he would have been absolutely gutted. Just on that, with regards to the um, the lack of um, goal scoring danger produced by uh, Feyenoord, I thought that the one area where he did look dangerous was crosses into the box, set pieces. That seems to be something that's crept into Rangers a little bit. Now, I thought Goldson and Hellander were absolutely terrific in the game. Yeah. However, it just seems like every so often, if you fling a, a ball into Rangers' box, they don't deal with it that well. Mm. I'm not sure. I mean, Gerard said that that was the ploy to get final to put crosses into the mm. box. No Rangers try to kind of flood the middle of the the middle of the pitch, obviously, and make them make them play wide. So he must have been confident that if they do get wide and get crosses in, we can we can deal with it. That's probably that was one of the reasons Hellander played because he's height and he's he's aerial ability so well, well Feyenoord certainly did it they certainly chucked balls yeah. in and you know 99 times out of 100 they dealt with it yeah um, but there was the occasion they just looked a little shaky and you know Rangers have lost a few goals already this season from set piece situations but I think it's just one to keep an eye on in terms of Hillander's overall performance this is the first time we've really seen him tested you can't really count East Fife no um, but I thought he really looked an assured Syria defender who was coming in, he knew what he needed to do. He's got that experience. I think Gerard talked about it in the after yeah. aftermath of the game, and uh, he looks like he's going to be a good signing. No, that 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 will do him the world a good. Johnny getting that game, as you say, high pressure game, big European night at Ibrooks, no a lot of motion, big atmosphere for him to go in. No, let's be honest, pretty much getting thrown into that. I mean, he's hardly kicked a ball obviously since he, since he signed. So he get thrown in on that occasion and he looked very comfortable beside Goldson. Uh, it's credit to Hillander and you're right, I mean, it now gives, as, as if he didn't know already, Gerard, it now gives him not a real kind of headache in terms of who to play at centre-back. I mean, Katic was sat in the stand last night, he had to sit it out. Um, Gerard's already said that Edmondson's flying and, and training, doing really well. He'll be, you know, chomping it a bit to get in as well. So it's a brilliant uh, kind of selection worry for Gerard. That that's the kind of decisions he wants to he wants to make. But it will not be easy picking uh, picking these two centre backs the next couple of weeks. Just want to also highlight the midfield, Scott Ryan Jack. I thought, especially in the second half, was was peerless. He was absolutely superb. Yes, he gave the ball away, maybe. Uh, two times in the game, but overall, the amount of times he snuffed out, um, ch- uh, snuffed out passes, he picked up loose balls, he dug into tackles. I thought he was tremendous. Yeah, Stephen Davis was the same. Covered Bonabarasic really well. Very intelligent. Hardly gave the ball away. I think it was a moment where he found himself on the on the left back position. He was driving forward. Um, the space just closed in on him, but he still managed, even yep. with three Feyenoord players around him, to get the pass off to to the. To the the, the player nearest them. Yeah. So I thought it was a tremendous performance by those two guys. And of course, we can't let this podcast go. And I know we're running out of time without talking about Alfredo Morelos, who, <laughs> well, that, the, the Feyenoord defence will go to sleep, uh, la- well, have gone to sleep last night, uh, presumably having nightmares about this yeah. man because he terrorised them. Yeah, that, Johnny, that's a bit, the, that first 45 minutes is the best I've seen Morelos playing for. Rangers and I mean he's all round game he might have had a 45 minutes before where he scored two goals or even three goals I, I can't remember but in terms of his overall play against a top side in terms of you no know, doing a job for the team that was the best I've seen him best I've seen him hold it up best I've seen him bring others into play um, I mean how many times did they spin the centre half and, and get him behind it was ridiculous at times the 
the first half, the only thing that was probably missing was was a goal. And even then, as you say, he was unlucky with the, the couple of shots that he had. And even you know, with regards to the second penalty that they should have had, he would have hitting it because I don't think Tav would have taken the, the, the second pen. So... Listen, it was. I thought he, his game dipped a wee bit in the second half because he ran himself into the ground. Um, but even then, I think late on in the game, that when Rangers were kind of playing the counter and just trying to keep the ball, there was one over on the, the kind of right flank where they kind of held it up, held it up, and then just slipped a lovely ball into. I think it might have been Ryan Jack running on it. Arfield. Oh yeah, Arfield. yeah. There was there was a moment when he slipped in Jack, and there was another moment when he slipped in Arfield where he, yeah. he took the ball down. So. That's, uh, as I say, that's the best I've seen him in terms of his all-round game. And I've always rated Morelos as a goal scorer and as a a physical nuisance up front for Rangers. But if I've been critical, it's been actually his kind of technique and holding the ball in and playing wee wall passes or one-twos or whatever. But he was absolutely terrific last night. And you're right, I think it was a young centre-back playing for finals, Elder or Eddie. I mean, uh, what a what a learning curve that would have been from you know, yeah. that that first forty five minutes. I don't mean to push our credentials as director of football types, but uh, <laughs> if you go back two years and listen to this podcast in like October two thousand and seventeen, you'll hear me and Scott saying this boy Morelos needs a long term contract. Get him snapped <laughs> up. So um, we saw it early, but I'm sure plenty of plenty of other yeah. people did. To be fair, um, before we we finish up, Scott, um, I just wanted to ask you what you think is going to be the situation come Sunday, twelve fifteen kickoff against St Johnson. Something that Stephen Gerrard was complaining about today, saying that he felt that the league doesn't really help the yeah. teams competing in Europe. Uh, he actually went out of his way to say Celtic and Rangers. Um, do you think the demands of that game, the demands of the way Rangers went about that game, give you pause for concern uh, if you're a Rangers fan looking at that? Because they put an, an incredible, I'll try and get that out, an incredible physical effort to get through that 90 minutes. I think Rangers fans will be slightly worried. Um, and it goes back to this point again, Johnny, that we've been over before this trying to prioritise the, the league or the domestic campaign over Europe. Uh, I think Stephen Gerrard is torn with it. No, he, he's in public, he'll say that he doesn't prioritise, treats every game the same. Um, my personal view is Gerrard, Gerrard knows in his head that the, the league is the priority, the domestic stuff's the priority. He knows that's what the fans crave ultimately. But I've said on here before, I just think he's been steeped in this European tradition at Liverpool. It's been what he's been brought up on. He gets kind of no hypnotised, if you like, by the no the bright lights, the big European nights at Ibrox. That's what he, that's what he lives for, and that showed last night by picking no arguably strongest team. I know you can say no Helander for for Katic, six and a half a dozen probably. No, he left Aribo out, so you'd expect him to come in on Sunday. But in the main, that was no the strongest team he could have picked, and they played brilliantly and got a result. But you now need, you've now got two games away to St Johnson in the league and away to Livingston in the cup. What you respect to those teams? No horrible games to play in. Really, St Johnson, you're coming off the back of a big European one. It's difficult early kickoff in Perth. And then we all know about how difficult Livingston is away from home in the Astro Tough, a cup quarter final. So crucial to Rangers that they, they at least get to the final of that 
of that competition. So what does Gerard do? Does he make? Does he stick with the team that played against Feyenoord, knowing that it's a really strong team, but wary of the, the physical demands? So they've got St John. So they've got St yeah. Johnson on Sunday in the league, Livingston away in the Wednesday, and then Rangers, and then at home to Aberdeen on Saturday. So I mean, a massive week domestically off the back of a big European result. I think he'll make a couple of changes on Sunday. I think uh, the likes of Andy King, Brandon Barker, Andy Halliday might come into his, his thinking. And that's fine. He's Jermaine got, Defoe, surely. Jermaine Defoe as well. He's got a massive squad. He's got to try and balance it. However, if he, no, I don't want to tempt fate, but if he makes changes and Rangers slip up against St. Johnson. No, the final game will quickly be forgotten about because I don't think, in the fans' eyes, that's the the be all and end all. The be all and end all is Rangers winning the winning the league and he slipped five points behind Celtic. Assuming Celtic beat Kilmarnock at home on Sunday, uh, that would be a massive blow this early in the in the season. So it will be really interesting to see what what changes he makes. You no, know, how the players have been affected by last night physically. Um, but again, it's this it's this balancing act between Europe and the and the league, which is is really difficult. So you're going to pick the team. I'll throw out some names. I presume you're going to have McGregor in goal. Who do you have at left back? You bring Halliday back for that one? No, I, I think uh, Barisic needs a run of games. No, I thought it was his best game for Rangers last night. He looked as if he'd a bit of his confidence back. Um, so I think he needs. I think I actually think Gerard needs to say to Barisic now you're going to be the left back for the next five or six games, just to build confidence, build momentum. So I would keep. I would keep Barisic in. Okay, Barisic. My pick for defence would be Halander and Katic. St Johnson have got a physical presence. Those are the two players that can cope with that um, yep. comfortably. Um, yeah, Goldson can cope with it as well. But give him a wee rest. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't argue with that. It seems reluctant to give Goldson a, a break. I don't know why. He seems to be his go-to guy in terms of his experience and that. But I don't think it would do Goldson any harm to, to sit out Sunday. Gerard's talked time and time again about his leadership quality, so I assume that's why he gets yeah. retained in the in the side so often. Uh, at right back, you, you're always loath to leave James Tavernier out because he no. gives you so much. Yeah, he's, he's got to stay, that. hasn't he? Yep. So we keep him in. Then in midfield, what are we talking about? Ryan Jack's just come back from injury. We know he's had a knee flare up. You probably don't want to exacerbate that, so maybe he steps out of the lineup. I've, I've, I've got a feeling Davis might might sit it out. Um, Davis has played a lot of minutes yep. recently. No, 90 minutes against Germany for Northern Ireland. He's played the last three nineties, I think, for for Rangers, including last night. I just wonder with Ryan Jack back fit, whether Ryan Jack might step back into the the sitting role, um, and Aribo might come back in. Uh, so, uh, Aribo, Jack, and King. Uh, midfield three. Possibly because I think I think King is due a start, and I think Gerard will want to give him a start, and this might be the one. Yeah, cam- camera might might drop out um, so yeah Jack Aribo and King could be the three which by the way is not a bad midfield but it's just it's just the changes it's just how the changes affect them that's the dilemma for Gerard. does he just stick to the 11 that played so well the other night or does he does he tinker with it? I don't think he'll be able to help himself tinkering with it and then front three Arfield put in a power of work and he's been someone who's played a lot of minutes especially given through the summer he's playing the gold cup yeah, 
but the the problem is they're, they're kind of short of bodies now. Yeah. I mean, in terms of Ryan Kent missing and uh, Jordan Jones yeah. missing, could play Barker and uh, Ojo. Barker and Ojo could play next to the four, presumably. <sighs> I don't think he'll start the flank. Morelos will play. I don't think you can leave Morelos out after that performance he last likes, night. He likes McDermott Park as well. I was going to say, yeah. he's uh, he's bullied St. Johnson a few times, uh, centre-back. You need to remember as well, St. Johnson, I've got a, no, in contrast to recent years, I've actually got a young defence now, uh, young centre-backs, guys like Jason Kerr and stuff. So I think you would play Morelos to, to try and kind of physically out out muscle these these boys um, as you say scored two at McDermott Park last year I'd expect Morelos to start I'd expect Ojo to start um, and as you say it's whether you go with Arfield or bring in bring in Barker uh, and listen maybe even you no know, guys like Jamie Murphy and Greg Stewart were, were sitting in the stand last night they might come into thinking even if it's just coming off the coming off the bench so uh, as I say really it'll be really interesting to see what changes he makes and how that how that affects them after Thursday night. I'd actually forgotten Greg Stewart was at Ibrox. It's been a while <laughs> since we've seen him. Um, but yeah, Jamie Murphy, you would you, you thought he would be a fairly prominent player this year, didn't you? It's, and it's it seems like that it's he's hard just, hard though coming off a cruciate yeah. injury. Hard to when you, when you think of the intensity Rangers played it last night for a guy to come in after no a year out uh, with that that sort of injury. It is difficult for him to get up to speed. I suppose in an ideal world you would want to maybe get him out to play games first. No, the reserves not on they playing a lot of games, especially no there's no kind of high intensity reserve games you're going to play. So it's, it'll be difficult for Gerard to get Murphy up to up to speed aside for aside for training. But you might see him in the bench. Well, perhaps there's a spot opened up for um, Jamie Murphy in the reserves after the uh, the Balmain uh, stuff. <laughs> Um, the less said about that the yeah better. absolutely right okay well we're going to call it a day there we'll be back on Tuesday as usual with our normal podcast where we'll uh, touch on presumably the St Johnson game the result of that and what's been happening since then if you want to further the debate uh, with myself or Scott you can contact me at John R. McFarlane on Twitter you can contact Scott at Scott McDermott 8 you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Acast if you do that you get it as soon as it becomes available until Tuesday thanks for listening